You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. This is RUV English. I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your time. We turn today to a theatrical event that's taking place. It's having its second performance in Reykjavik tonight. If you don't manage to get to it, though I have been told there's another one coming up on the 11th, I welcome uh, Bjarni Snabjonsson and Greta Kristin Omasdot here to talk about the show which is on tonight. Shall we start there? And, and Bjarni, I'll start with you because this is a musical. It's based on your experiences. Mm -hmm. It's your story. Yes. Tell me about the show. Well, in very short, <laughs> I uh, found... Uh, a box full of memories, diaries and letters, uh, maybe like now it's seven years ago, I think. And I've uh, started to read them and I found uh, a very funny uh, journal entries that I just couldn't um, let go. And uh, these diaries are from when I was a kid and upwards. Mm. And uh, one of them is like mainly from the time period when I've when I came out of the closet as a gay man. Letters to your mom as well. And letters to my mom, yeah, between written. me and her. And, you know, I talked to my friend Greta, and we decided to make a one-man musical out of this material. It's a musical, that's the, yes. the form that it takes, but it's it's a musical about the theatrical production happening as, as well. As well, yeah. yeah. So it's so sort of meta, I guess. It is very meta. And Greta, you can tell me about the company and the work that, that you've done with that company and will do with this company. But your involvement with Bjarni First then on this particular production, how did that come about? Our company, we are two of the founding members. Uh, we started in 2016. It was actually my graduation, like my bachelor thesis project at the Iceland University of the Arts. Uh, and that's where we met. <laughs> and then I get this phone call from Bjarni that he mm. found this box of diaries <laughs> and letters. <laughs> and that's where we started working on that. And in yeah. between uh, making uh, Fakki uh, and our first project, we actually did another production, mm -hmm. um, which was called Insomnia. It was written by a Danish playwright. Uh, and this is sort of like a, it's a queer uh, theater company and um, we are focusing on these sort of meta things mm. like self-conscious staging and very, our aesthetics are very like camp and, and uh, queer. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, this insomnia uh, show that we did, we uh, devised that and workshop for two years and it was a, a study on the sitcom Friends as the mythology of our generation. <laughs> so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we, had a, <laughs> we had a great time with that one. Yeah. Uh, but that's important in Iceland, isn't it? Sorry to cut across you there, because I think a lot of people in Iceland acquired skills in the English language because it was such a popular show. It was subtitled Definitely. and not dubbed. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Like all for sure. No, shows, it was all in English. Yeah. And it was very much like this study of and this research through humour and through music, like how this actually influenced our culture. Because, yeah. I don't know, we sometimes here, like out in the Atlantic Sea, deny, like think that we are alone and untouched, but the cultural... Uh, influence of U.S. culture uh, is very strong here. Mm. And mm. so it was also a, like a deep dive into that uh, and how it has affected dating culture and and um, 
yeah, it was a it was a and our identity. Yeah, it was mm. a blast mm. that project. So yeah, your identity as what millennials or whatever age group or as yeah, Icelanders was, or what? Yeah, it was sort of like millennial oriented maybe, yeah. and it was very interesting like um, responses that we got like people over fifty didn't relate at all uh, to the performance, but everyone like under fifty. Mm-hmm. I'm 50 next week. <laughs> so you would have so liked it, maybe. <laughs> so I, I would get it now, yeah. but not next week. No, it's what's yeah. happened. Yeah. yeah, That's the cutoff line. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that was, that's a different production to the one that we're, we're talking about. So let's yeah. move to uh, Good Morning Fuggy, which yes. is what we're talking about. It's on tonight. It's on the, the 11th as well. Yes. yes. And that's happening Sunday. at the... That's at the Kettler in the Cellar at the National Theatre okay. downtown. Now, Bjarni, when mm. you found these diaries... Mm. Were you surprised by their contents? Had you forgotten what you'd written? Yes, I had forgotten almost everything. Uh, and it's, it, it was a journey to uh, rediscover all of this and kind of dive into the, you know, my thoughts and my feelings. And because when I wrote them, I realized afterwards was I was just trying to like grasp my reality mm. and like my thoughts and my you know, dark thoughts as well of during this time period when I was coming out of the closet. Uh, and, you know, and also kind of see before I came out, like see how I wrote differently yeah. to actually when I decided to come out, then I just dove into the truth of it all. But before I was just like skimming on the surface of my life, kind of just like describing things very boringly, like about my bus rides to this place and this dinner was this. And, Uh you know, I met this person and we did this. It was like nothing in depth. But then when I actually came out and, you know, in real life, I started to kind of go deeper. And Is it a clear line? Can you tell? It is. Would someone be able to tell where you came out if they didn't know from? from I think so. Yeah, for sure. I would mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, and and you know there's a lot of you know hard truths uh, and a lot of uh, f- very very funny entries. Mm. You know they're just so silly and stupid. I mean we're all ridiculous and stupid when we are like teenagers and yes. like in our adolescence. Like right, it's so yeah. awkward, and yeah. that's what's so beautiful about it. Like we get to meet this teenage version of Bjatli that <laughs> <laughs> just thinks he's a philosopher. Completely. So your input into this was was what? Were you sort of casting an eye over what was written and thinking that works, that doesn't? Or did, were you able to see something that Bjarni maybe wasn't able to see because he was too close to the I material? think definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, that what happened like in the process of creating, like first it was all these funny things and we wanted to do like a really like drag show, like mm-hmm. have you in stilettos and, and sort of uh, tackling uh, queer issues and what what's happening uh, now 20 years after these diaries and letters were written. Yeah. Uh, but then what happens like as we start going through this, the, the darkness comes, like then we start to see... And it becomes like sort of a reckoning um, with the past. And we start to sort of accumulate um, evidence of a life that's maybe not so perfect. Mm-hmm. Like our first premise is that Iceland is like a queer paradise. And here we are like so tolerant. We're so liberal. Like we have, we score so high on, you know, every 
in every yes. international scale. And our identity, like as people here, is that we've got it all figured out, you know. But we were sort of driven to dive deeper, like in the conversation, and to actually talk to our allies uh, that there's actual pain here. Mm-hmm. So when you say, when we come to you and we talk about our queerness, and we come, whether it's that we are coming out or we are discussing our reality and our life and our feelings, it's actually hurtful when you say, "Well, I don't care that you know that doesn't." bother me at all like then you make it about you like mm-hmm. as the ally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of like and we and all this um we started to learn about all of these concepts like uh, microaggressions and internalized homophobia and that's sort of what accumulated th- through this research like it took right. us like five six years to write this mm-hmm. really yeah yeah and it was emotionally and like spiritually mentally a, a big challenge uh not the least for Bjatni, of course, mm. it's like his story, but mm. we are all like three queer people who are all close friends, like who are mm. um, leading this. Uh, we write write it together and we uh, make the music and, and, and we're all, so we, there's a lot of things that we share, so it was very personal. Because mm-hmm. I think there is something surprising there maybe, but particularly for listeners who aren't in Iceland, who, as you say, look at the league tables. Mm. And look at the fact that Iceland is always at the very top of the tables that yeah. you'd want yeah. to be at the top yes. of. Yeah. A country that you know elected the first democratically elected lesbian prime minister some yeah. some years ago. On gender issues, Iceland and the mm-hmm. parliament there seems to have just quietly got on with stuff without making yeah. terribly yeah. much of a fuss about it. That mm-hmm. seems to be the perception. Yeah, yeah, but those are statistics and numbers, yes. not feelings. Yes, yeah. and like not that, the actual that So, so what, what's, what's the difference? And is this work and is your company about trying to emphasize and, and illuminate those differences? Well, yeah, I mean, we strive for like creating a more just beautiful and more beautiful, compassionate world. Yes. Uh, and I mean, yes, we're doing great. And I think that's like such a nice opportunity for us. Like if people want to look to Iceland, like as a leading uh, country internationally in queer rights and in in women's rights and mm. uh if we are supposed to be leading, I think we should also be leading like how brave we are in having these conversations. Yes. Not just the statistics and the numbers yeah. and how we're doing mm-hmm. like statistically. Yes. It's also emotional. It's human. Yeah. Like we are and, and also regarding this is to like actually look uh, at the past as it was painful yeah. and all the denying of truths, mm. like the HIV pandemic. Yeah. Um, and that's important, isn't it? Because and all of those things. Because you know, whatever, whatever the situation at, is now, it wasn't like that fairly recently. Oh, exactly. And yeah. we just need to take a hard look in the mirror and see that the pain is still there. Yeah. From not only that, you know, the HIV um, virus, mm. but all the different, you know, ways yeah. we were outcast and shunned. And not only queer people, but like different people from different nationalities, yes. you know, yeah, in Iceland marginalized and marginalized people. groups. Yeah. Because I think it doesn't do us any good like to, I mean, I hope we are learning that now with a huge international backlash in queer rights everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's terrifying. Do you detect it here? Yes. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> we can't, we can't, I think it would be reckless of us to just stop and say we've got it Mm -hmm. 
we have it down now. Like mm-hmm. we, it's done. You know, we have a stamp. Like we, so we score this high. Yeah. Because obviously it's not done. Like there's still, like um, queer people are getting barked at in the street here yeah. now, and uh, we've toured the country twice with the show. Um, to we went to all the elementary schools, like the 15, 16-year-olds mm-hmm. um, all over the country. And then we went again to all the like high schools or the Manta Skoli. Um, uh, and th- they're meeting queer youth that are being bullied every day mm-hmm. just for their queerness. Like that's, that's really... Ha- and so like bypassing and denying this reality on yeah. the grounds that we're doing so well statistically mm-hmm. yeah. is just very harmful. Mm. And I, I, given what you said about statistics, I, I apologize in advance, but there's one that springs to mind from just in advance of this conversation, something like one third of the entire Icelandic population attends Pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that obviously means a vast number of straight people oh, are yes. attending Pride and having a great time. Yes. So it it is surprising, isn't it, that when you see what what appears to be such obvious and open attitudes in a country like this that that you still have these horrifying incidents that yeah. you talked about and that's that's our drive why why is this how how is this real like how yeah. is this compatible that mm-hmm. this is the reality that yeah. we score so high we have all this uh like this seemingly very strong allyship in in our country in, in majority like, of people everyone yeah. shows up for prides like mm-hmm. that's the that's a fact like the streets are it's just know, a family party it is it? and it i is. use i use that word family advisedly it is then, it's for all the family yeah. Yeah. and yeah. why is why then is there still pain like that's what yeah. drove us to yeah write this and yeah. do the show. Well, let's get back to the show. When we set this interview up happily, <laughs> you were hopeful that you might have to put another performance on yes. due to demand, which mm-hmm. hurrah has happened. So mm-hmm. that's going to be on the 11th, but it is on tonight the 7th as well. Mm-hmm. And just going back to those those diaries on which the show is based Bjarni, you, you, you as we said you wrote some letters to your mother as well. Mm-hmm. Did she reply and do her replies feature in the show? Are they part of what yes. we hear? They very much are. And this is uh, not only my story of of my coming to terms with myself, but also of my parents and especially my mother kind of, you know, getting a a handle on what what was happening. And and the the, obviously we can't share all the letters. There is just not enough time. But the thing is, I was I came out of the closet when I was 21. And then I lived with them for a few months working, and then I left for Australia. Uh, I just wanted to get as far away as possible <laughs> from all the pain. Mm-hmm. And Did lo and behold, the pain followed me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, so that's why basically I start to write this like main journal because I was I just I wanted to understand why I was still in so much pain, mm-hmm. and I started writing to my mother about like the these matters and because we had had the discussion like i had come out to them but then we didn't discuss it again so when i was there you know in a you know in a safe distance so to speak uh i i wrote them back and like have you been thinking about this and they and and now i have in writing all of her thoughts that you know are just uh you know a beautiful parent you mm-hmm. know trying mm-hmm. to understand how she can love 
her son, uh, and but all of her um, conditioning is filled with bigotry, mm-hmm. and um, that my this group that her son all of a sudden belongs to is being shunned and is being ridiculed, etc. So it's like it's like a lot of. Um, coming of age story mm. not only for me but also for my parents mm-hmm. you know this this show in a way and you know fortunately i'm very privileged to have very amazing parents that you know stood by me and even though they didn't understand they told me they loved me and they said we will figure this out together mm-hmm. but it's all what's maybe special that it's all written down and it's yes. like documented and mm. and translated Yes. yes, because the show is in English. Yes. yes. What's it like translating something as intimate as that? Because <laughs> you aren't just taking a block of dialogue mm-hmm. that you've created for that purpose. You're, yeah. you're working with very raw source material yes. and then translating it. Yeah, it's a journey. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is uh, very hard, yeah. uh, and it's also revealing in a way. It becomes. We need to like kind of when we start the process, it's like a creative, a new creative process that starts because we need to figure out what the show is in a different language because it needs to have an identity of its own mm-hmm. there. There, you know, obviously the, the main threads are the same, but there is like a nuanced differences and feelings yeah. that kind of hit differently. And the way we use language is different, obviously. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting point because... Mm-hmm. You can translate a word directly, but that doesn't take account of what the concept means in two different countries exactly. and yeah. the differences between those two different and countries. Especially when we're talking about uh, words, you know, the words that have been used to hurt us and the yes. words, like yeah. different words that we have for yeah. slurs, the different yeah. slurs yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that have so much charge maybe in one culture, mm-hmm. uh, but in another culture they're completely different. Like... Mm-hmm. And we're using the fucky word and we are intentionally using the Icelandic one. Yes. Like the Icelandic version of the F word because mm-hmm. that's ours. Mm-hmm. If we use the English <laughs> one, <laughs> it's it's completely yeah. different. But you know what? One, one of my first trips to Iceland, maybe not one of the very first, but a long time ago when the record in question was out, um, there's a, a track by the rapper ASAP Rocky. Mm. which uses the F word about a hundred times over the course of the song. And this was getting played on daytime radio here in Iceland. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, coming from music radio in the UK, that would have been a career-ending decision yeah. every single time it was played. So yeah. I was struck then that that word yeah. Yeah. does not have the same weight. And I wanted to ask... Not about in it, English, at least. It, no, yeah. no, no. And, and I wanted to ask about the title of the, the musical as well. Mm-hmm. Good Morning Faggy. Mm-hmm. Why is that the title? Uh, because we are reclaiming the word, because that's the f fucky is basically the f word in Icelandic, and it's mm. being used today to discriminate and to dehumanize. Dehumanize. Because I think it's one bully. of the worst words. Yeah, it is, and we and it's uh, historically it's what queer people have done. We have taken words like queer, for example, and made them our own to to, to you yeah. know, reclaim them. Yeah, take the power. Take the power back. out of yeah, yeah the language. Is it used in in that way because it's something that you were called? Yes. Yeah. And what what young people today are are being called? Yeah. When they're bullied. 
And when English audiences see the performance, see the music, are we calling it a play or a musical, by the it's way? A it's, it's a musical. It's a musical. <laughs> yeah. So it, when, when they... When they see the musical, a lot of people will go along to see musicals because they want some escapism, because they want to enjoy themselves and, mm -hmm. and maybe not have to think too much. Mm -hmm. A political musical, <laughs> which, which this is to an extent, or a musical with a message yes. is, is kind of unusual. What's the response with English well, audiences here in Iceland? Well, it's, it's not maybe that unusual, a uh, musical with a message. But, you know, I get what you mean because we just want to have, you know, a nice time and not think about it. I guess much. what I'm thinking of is that if someone is here in Iceland and they are an English speaker yeah. and they see that a musical is taking place, mm -hmm. they're probably going to be expecting something that doesn't... Yeah. That well, doesn't I can message. promise you that it is hilarious. Okay. And it is... It is um, I mean, yes, it's political, but the our tool, like as queer people, forever and ever and ever has been joy. Mm -hmm. So we are very joyful like and the show is fun mm -hmm. you know but it has but it's it has a wider spectrum like we're also talking yeah. about the pain and the yeah. uh the reckoning and everything but through joy i yeah. mean that's also why the form of the musical fits so perfectly mm. for this you know because we really wanted to you know, it's not like a monologue where he sits with a cigarette and he talks about his pain in his letters to his mom. <laughs> you know, like, it's, <laughs> you know. He's, That's a different picture. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's very, Bjarni's character, like, he's, uh, you know, energetic and yeah, he's yeah. happy and he's, you know. I love going over the top. Endearing. Being flamboyant. Yes, we're you know, We need to, you know, we tap into this. Of course. And it's yeah. our shared humanity yeah. as well. The joy. Yeah. Well, talking of joy, mm. you're going to have a lot of joy when you take this to the Edinburgh Festival yes. this year, we, which is the mm, first time. Yes. <laughs> now, I know the Edinburgh Festival very, very well. I'm from Edinburgh, lived there for 20, 25 years. Amazing. I've worked at the Edinburgh Festival, mm. covering it time after time after time. Mm -hmm. I must admit, I said to you before we switched on the microphones, I got a bit bored with it because I've done it so many times. <laughs> but it is, it is fantastic. It's the world's biggest arts festival. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole new level in a sense, isn't mm -hmm. it? Because you're going to get audiences from all over the world. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and maybe audiences from countries that don't have even the statistical liberalism yeah. Yeah. of places like Iceland and, and the UK, I expect, yeah. to an extent. What sort of response are you expecting maybe from people who don't share what we think of as that liberalism? I don't know. And I'm so curious about it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm because, like, because now we've done 115 shows in Iceland and the and it's been a, quite the privilege to have been able to have this conversation with the Icelandic people, teenagers, and all the audiences that have come to the National Theatre. So I'm very, very curious and uh, to and eager actually to realize what the conversation will be with the audience there from all over the world. Yeah. And it's it's very vulnerable, also because you know we're we're going out from our little. In you know our safe bubble, our safe bubble here in Iceland, where we are yeah. you know safe in our own language and you know mm. with our people mm. in the national theater, where we both feel you know we all feel safe and so to go out in the to the big ocean, you know where where there's a lot bigger fish and you know a yeah. lot of depth and <laughs> all the things, you know it's vulnerable. Yeah, uh, but I I'm, think you'll have a blast. I think I really so do. too. I, I really think so do. too. But it's it's uh, I I don't know what to expect. I just I expect joy, yeah. for one, and everything else will just be a bonus. Yeah. I think. Don't expect sleep. 
No. You won't have any of that for the time that you're there. Okay, good. I can assure you of that. Is it a lot? Are you on for the whole run? Or? Yeah, we have a full run. We have like 20... Three shows? 23 shows yeah. or something. Yeah, that's a big commitment. So, yeah. so yeah. the very best of luck. I'm sure it's going Thank to be just, so just fine. And we should say as well... You mentioned, Greta, that there are three of you in this, only two in the room right now, and this yeah. is a musical we're talking about. Yes. So yes. a shout-out to Absent Friends, the composer? The yes. composer, Axel Linke Arnason. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And, and do you think he has you know, brought to life your story musically? Well? Oh, very oh, much. Wow, yes. He did. I just get goosebumps thinking about it still. Like when he was showing up in the creative process with his songs to the lyrics that we had, me and Greta had written, you know, I just sometimes I just cried yeah. because he understood, you know, the depth of the of the songs, you know, yeah. and even wrote some lyrics himself. Yeah, yeah. He wrote the title song. Yeah. Did you give him musical direction, or did he just have a sense of well, how that should have sounded? We had this amazing. Uh, he is a brilliant uh, mind uh, as well as a brilliant artist, and he brought actually to the table the structure of the hero's journey, like uh, that is very like a very very potent structure that is often applied in the musical where every song has a specific function mm-hmm. um, and he's brilliant in thinking that through that like also through the emotional impact of the song mm-hmm. so um, I mean he was fundamental in actually <clears throat> then creating the like the form of the that the show took yes. Um with this musical structure of the hero's mm-hmm. journey, like mm-hmm. there's a want song and then there's a villain song and then there's mm-hmm. a reward song, mm-hmm. you know, that have, yes. so all these theories behind them, you know, um, and he's brilliant at, you know, tapping into the like emotional affects of these mm-hmm. um, songs and yeah. to uh, interpret like the feelings that are happening there, and he points. really brings everything to life there. Yes. And he's with uh, with Bjarni on stage. Um, yeah. So. Does every show with me. Yeah. So it's a hundred percent gay presence. Very much <laughs> representing the audiences. <laughs> <laughs> Remind us again of the the where and when. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, then there is a show tonight. But you might have sold out by the time this yeah, conversation is published. Well, you can show up and see if there are seats. Yeah. yeah. So let, let's talk about the extra, well, the, the latest performance on the 11th. You might add more to that, maybe? Well, well I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's just like practicals. Yeah, logistics. Yeah. Yeah. Like the summer holidays coming in the theatre. and Yeah, because it's a state-run theatre, like it closes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so the 11th of June is effectively the last chance yes. you're going to get to see this. Unless, of course, you're at Summer Hall in Edinburgh. Yes. For one of the 23 Please performances. Come and see so us there. What time is this on? Tonight, Wednesday, it's at 8 o'clock. And on Sunday, it's also the 11th, it's, it's at 8. Okay. And it's in Katlarin the cellar theatre at the National Theatre. Fantastic. We'll stick a link up as well on the article that accompanies this. I'm delighted I was able to to sort of squeeze you in, essentially, because you got got in touch, Greta, just a couple of days ago, wondering if there was time. And I thought, well, this is time critical. So (laughs) we need to to make this this happen as swiftly as possible. Not as time critical as the diaries, maybe, I suppose, on which (laughs) everything everything was based. Uh, Bjarni Snabjonsson and Greta Christine Omas-Dottir, thank you both very much indeed. Uh, for joining me today on Roof English. As I say, details of that production on the article that accompanies this show from Roof English. You can get in touch with us anytime by email. We are English at ruv.is.
Listening to the Roof English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is/english.